Dear fellow redeemed in Christ Jesus, our ever-glorious and ever-present Lord. From the time I was a youngster, I, like many of you, have marked the beginning of my meals with the common table prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. If I go back to when I could first just stammer those words on my lips, surrounded by my mother and father and five siblings, asking that blessing morning, noon, and night, day after day, and begin to count from then until now, subtracting a few for when I used some other prayer, or maybe omitted the prayer out of haste or public shyness, and I begin to count them, I will still have rendered that prayer for Jesus to come 65,000 times and more. Early on, it was impressed on me why we did this. We understood that the meal before us and the trappings and the challenges of the day were inevitably better with Jesus. Better to have him blessing our food that lies before. Better to have him dwelling among us amidst our family drama with his extraordinary love and forgiveness and peace. Better to have him in the boat with us with his power over the chaos and terror of this world when we're in a very rocky, stormy sea. I suspect I'm not alone in having these words mark my daily sustenance. I read that the Come Lord Jesus prayer was first published in a Moravian hymnal in 1753, and it credits it to a Lutheran tradition. Whether these words are Martin Luther's or not is hard to say, but it does say a lot for why it's such a strong presence in Lutheran, sin, uh, Lutheran circles. Whether said at the start of a mission festival potluck among fellow Christians, or marked the beginning um, of the coffee clutch of the retired guys at the Perkins, um, it speaks to our common belief that what lies before us is always better with Jesus, especially surrounded by the press of an unkindly world or troubled by the guilt of our own inner impulses. We can always do no better than to have Jesus' presence with us. But that charming elementary prayer, simple enough for the lips of a child, reaches beyond family traditions or denominational culture. Come Lord Jesus is quite literally the continual prayer of the church, the una sancta, ever and always with its eyes lifted heavenward to the promised return of Christ in his glory. The book of Revelation with its vivid and gripping visions of conflict and revolt and warfare between or by earthly 
and cosmic forces against the one true Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that Lamb who redeemed his church to be his own. That book that foresees the area that we are in right now, that book reaches a climax with the Lamb of God overcoming this world and all the church's enemies and concludes with a vision of a bright and sparkling city of God and all the saints coming home to dwell with the Lamb in its light forever. And that book, that last book of the book of books, and that last chapter of that book, of the book of books, and the second last verse of that last chapter of that final book of the book of books ends with the words, he, that is Jesus, who testifies to these things, says, I am coming quickly. And the narrator answers, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. We are a waiting church one that lives on his promise that we will come again. We are a praying church, looking for and hastening the day when he will deliver us from every evil of body and soul. We are a longing church, eager for that day when he will gather us in to an everlasting home, a home where things will forever be better with Jesus. Amen. We conclude with hymn 64, stanzas 1, 2, and 5. (laughs) 